ladies and gentlemen, welcome to my special Tuesday episode of the PNC Production Wrestling Podcast. This is your post-NXT War Games show. I'm Elio, he's Ben. Ben, how has your weekend been? I'm very good, and I'm even better now that you did not call that show TakeOver. Thank you very nice, very kindly, because if you had... I would have punched you in your virtual face and probably broke my computer screen. So thank no, you. No, that, that, that wasn't takeover. <laughs> that was war games. No, no. But right. uh, it, it, it's it, it's funny because and pardon me if I go on an opening uh, sequence rant tonight. But if anybody calls that takeover, I'm going to have to. Very, very strongly disagree with you. Um, I think um, even even though aspects of War Games was good, and we'll, we'll get into the whole spiel very deeply here in a minute. Um, I I I really don't like this 2.0 format that they have going on here. Okay. I, I just, I don't. And I felt like um, NXT, as I know it, officially was eulogized last night. Or not last night, but Sunday. So, but anyway, before I dive too deep right off the bat, um, how was your uh, weekend? Mine was uh, pretty good. Um, set, yeah, Saturday Actually, Saturday we had a late show. It's like 6 p.m. And then we had ours uh, afterwards, around 9. And we had, we had company. So while we were recording this, we had company upstairs. Oh, my, neighbor, my neighbor across the street came over. Oh, are you close with your neighbors? I don't even know my neighbors' names. Dude, let me just tell you. Here, where I live. Yeah. Not in Toronto. Toronto was a different story. Here, everyone knows everyone's business. Like, what the fuck? Well, my family is the only one that doesn't give a crap about anyone on the street. But like, when I first moved in, when I first moved here in two thousand two, there was this guy that was at the library. Like, he was a student that used to go to the library to learn. Right. And so, like, I became friends with him, and he said. Uh, he lives uh, like ten minutes away from where I where I just moved, so I'm yeah. like, "Oh, cool! Like we we can hang out." And then it's like, "Just uh, don't get too close to people here because everyone knows everyone's business." He was right, but uh, the, the these ones that were over, they're pretty cool. They're like, when my dad was really sick in 2011, he came over and did everything like uh, like gardening, like doing the garden, cutting the grass. Oh, that, well, that was nice of him. Then two doors up from me, we have our family. <laughs> like, um, uh, I guess a cousin or whatever. <laughs> that we don't even bother with. You don't sound good. Oh, so he actually is your family, but you just don't give a shit? Yeah, no, we, we like, um, her, her cousin, like, my her cousin is married to my mom's cousin. So technically, like, they're related. 
Oh god. So I'm like, oh for fuck's sake. <laughs> you look, you look, you look the creepiest things on the, on the weekend. It's like I, I, I learned that it's like we have an uncle Elio in the family that was apparently in the mafia. Oh, I'm like fuck. I, I wish you there was a piece that looked good in a suit and tie, and that I was uh, being such a big fan of these gangster movies. Now I know why. Oh, you learn something new every every weekend. I suppose. So, uh, I know it's uh, once the Christmas season. Is your kitchen still wrapped up, or is it coming along? Uh, no, it's still wrapped up. We're probably not going to have the traditional Christmas uh, dinner or breakfast or whatever, anything for that matter. So let me ask you something, like, when when you, like, when you moved your kitchen, like, so they can start doing the work, where did you put everything? Like, in the dining room or whatever? Uh, yes, that's exactly where we put it. That, that's where we had to do ours when we redid the tiles and upstairs in the entrance and in the kitchen. We moved everything into the dining room. Yeah, well, our our dining room looks like a bomb went off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest with you. Uh, so, NXT War Games are okay. Let's so basically tell the fans what we have for them tonight and then get right into it. Yes, well, enough of us shooting the shit, even though I love shooting the shit with you. Our viewers probably don't want to hear that. So, well, let's see. Uh, it's okay. So, we have War Games followed by Monday Night Raw and. Tonight's the episode of NXT, which we saw the fallout from War Games. And yes, we are going to move Wrestling Roulette and Time Warp over to Saturday's show. Yeah, so this will be a nice little abbreviated uh, show, and uh, hopefully Elio can get it out quicker uh, than typical. Even though I do admit you've been doing better in that regard, but sometimes you, you drag your little feet and I have to knock on your virtual door. <laughs> All right, I'm well, like, uh, how I'm, about we get? I'm, I'm like, can you move your five foot one ass? Five foot one? <laughs> did, did you just drink me a couple of inches? What the hell? I'm five three. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm so fuck? sorry. You made me look like a giant. I'm five. I'm five nine. <laughs> okay, wait till we get to Monday Night Raw. Yes, you want to distract me from the fact that you're a midget. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's little person. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Since when was this podcast politically correct? I just don't want to get in trouble. In trouble with who? <laughs> exactly. Go on. All right. Uh, uh, all right, but whatever. So, okay. What do you have for... Uh, do you have any uh, high points? <laughs> Not a damn one of them. Um, you know, I just, I really don't understand uh, Monday Night Raw. Because, you know, we it's Owens versus Biggie uh, in a cage. That's, oh, it was, hold on, this was for the money. This was, no, this wasn't for the championship. No. 
No. But jeez, so, 20 minutes. I expect this to be at least the uh, last match. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not knocking the, ca- the, the cage uh, concept. You know, it, it's, it's good when you have championship implications, but the fact that... Um, the fact that there was nothing on the line um, in it, like the, it, it wasn't for someone's place in a match or for an advantage in said match. Um, it was just a match for, uh, you know, both of these guys to quote-unquote get softened up for day one. Um, and, of course, you had... Uh, Seth Rollins cheering like a jackal at, um, at ringside, which was actually very entertaining and makes perfect sense for his character. My, my issue um, with this situation uh, getting booked on this particular edition of Monday Night Raw is as of, as of, as of Monday... We were 26 days away from the day one pay-per-view, right? Okay. So you mean to tell me that a match, I don't care what kind of match it is, you know, unless it's a a combat zone wrestling match where, where you're hitting each other in the face with all kinds of, you know, home appliances or some shit. You probably have plenty of time to recover from a, a cage match in 26 days, and yet you want me to believe that the loser of said match is going to be banged up at day one. If you're going to run with that uh, logic, which obviously it makes sense, you know, they have all of the elements necessary to make us believe that this is going to have uh, prevalence in the uh, in the championship um, in the championship feud or the championship match. But the problem with with this is um, if they were going to run with okay, somebody's going to get banged up, you have to. You have to have this a week or two before the pay-per-view. And even if you do that, it doesn't make much sense because why would you have a cage match on regular TV and not a pay-per-view? So either way, um, you know, the way that they've constructed this feud, I'm not talking about the actual match, but I'm just talking about the... The feud between Kevin Owens, uh, yeah. Kevin Owens and, and Seth Rollins and Big E. I don't care about anybody in this feud because both you have one one face and two heels. You know, I understand there's a championship on the line here, but other than that, there's nothing compelling from a storyline perspective that makes me want to see either, any of these three men win the championship. And plus, to be honest with you, um, 
if they take the title off Big E, which I don't think is going to happen, um, you know, it would be entirely too soon for him to do for him to lose that championship. The other, the other thing is, um, I really dislike the way that they handled the Kevin Owens heel turn. Mm-hmm. Because there there wasn't enough time put into his transition between... No, it just came out of nowhere. You know, exactly. And, you know, just because somebody called him a liar, he's going to turn into a bad guy? <laughs> I mean, what 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 is this, second grade? Ben, you just called me a liar. That's it, I'm turning heel. That's it. I'm a bad I mean, guy now. You call me a liar. No, don't talk to me. <laughs> Go on. I mean, but that's the, that's the level of juvenile booking that this shit <laughs> yeah. comes off as. It comes off as playground bullshit. And and that's why I'm not invested in, in this match or this feud at all. So then, moving past the, uh, the cage match. Oh, and, and I should say, if you... Before we move on here, buddy, um, if you take it just for what it was on the air, okay. and don't and don't get into any of the aspects that I just mentioned, right. the cage match was actually awesome. I actually really liked the so, match. So you, you do have a highlight then? Well, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I actually really enjoyed this match, but at, at, at the end, you know, what what does it what does it do? What does it mean for day one? My highlight. Oh, do you have any? Okay, what are your lowlights? Some of your lowlights. Oh my god! Well, uh, Queen Selena versus Nikki Ash. Nobody. Oh, I, th- I thought that was a great match. I give that as my highlight. Oh fuck! <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh well, cl- well, clearly somebody's trying to get laid here, but that's, you know, but no, this is not a good match. <laughs> no, this was not. This was. Not, okay. And then hold on, wait, wait, sorry, because I didn't see this. Did Queen Selena talk? Uh, yeah. Can we stop with the with the fake accent? Well, well, well here's the, here's the thing that was trip that was tripping me out. So before this match started, see how I said tripping and and Matt Riddle and MSK were smoking weed on Sunday. Or, or, no, tonight. Even, even yeah, well they were. Well, it was teased that the shaman was going to be revealed tonight, which it was. So they, they were obviously smoking weed. On Sunday and tonight, but anyway, go on. Um, but the the thing is, Selena started the promo in a New York accent. How she actually talks, okay? And then she progressed into the British accent. See, stop, stop it. It was, it was it was like Kobe Kingston on crack cocaine. Why we don't no? It was like what the what? It was like what the fuck is this? Oh my god! No, for real. My highlight, my highlight, which it, my highlight was Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan. Yes, 
The only thing I didn't like was the, the roll up at the end because it was the same finish that we've been that we saw with Charlotte Flair. Oh, she had the ropes and she did the roll up. Yeah, that was the only thing I didn't like. But yeah, trust me, stop doing that. With, with I that, I hate that finish. It's terrible. Yeah, the opening and, and closing matches were um, were really good. So those were my highlights, and then for the rest of it. I, pro- I swear to God, you could pick anything on this screen outside of the two things we just talked about, and it would qualify as a low light. Uh, yeah, I, you know what? I'm done with this AJ Styles Omos team. I think it's it time to split, split, them, split them up already. Well, and, and the, the one good thing that came out of this, of this match... Um, is the fact that they tease dissension between um, Styles and Omos, or whatever the fuck his name is. Okay. Um, And, you know, and the thing is, I may come off a a little bit cruel with, with some of the opinions that I have on this podcast, and I really don't mean to be, but... Omas is one of those people that I'm like, what the fuck do they see in this guy other than the, other than the fact that he's a big motherfucker? And, um, and, 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 and you know, if when they split this team up, he's going to be the face, but uh, he's not just in the ring. His rain ring is not, I don't know, it's something right. missing. And... And, and here's the here's the disturbing thing. So I was doing um, some research um, earlier in the week, and I ran across a recent uh, interview that uh, the Undertaker did. Now, granted, it was on the bumps, so it was going to be WWE show bullshit. Um, Excuse but, me. Yeah. I think I know where you're going, but I go on. I'm going to see if you're, this is the same thing I was thinking. Go on. But Undertaker actually said that almost reminds him of Andre the Giant in the fact that he has this special aura about him, and he's going to be a very special talent. Uh, I'm sorry. Now, I understand that they're both gargantuan motherfuckers. Don't get me wrong. I, I can see. Um, but did I just hear someone, the status of The Undertaker, compare almost to Andre the fucking giant? Uh, what? (laughs) Well, let me ask you, is this the same thing? Because I saw a video earlier today, uh, they were asking him, like, all these questions, like, who has the best entrance team right now, and, like, who do you like? And is that the same one? Were they asking him all those questions? Well, I think it was the same interview, but just in different parts. Yeah, no, that's what, that's what I think. Was, uh, I don't know for sure, but that's what it came off as. Because... Unless he sat down with the bump twice, maybe they were just releasing different parts. Because I saw I, I, the video I saw was on uh, WWE's TikTok account. Okay, well then that must have been the same interview. So, like, and but, he said he said that one of the 
to get one of the best entrances uh, he's seen. He's seen is a Drew McIntyre's. What? <laughs> uh, unless, unless he's talking about back when he had the Broken Dreams theme song. No, he's talking about right, right now. Oh God! What what is he? What is he have a tr- uh, tr- uh, crush on? And on? Um, oh, I can't even speak properly. This this is so stupid. Does he have a crush on Angela the Sword? I swear. Uh, what the fuck? Undertaker <laughs> is so overrated. It's ridiculous. Like where people put this guy on? People like hold this guy up so high. It's like you just stop. He, well. Well, I'm going to disagree with you there. I, I, I will say that. Um, but um, this interview uh, made him look stupid. I mean, how, in what realm, other than the fact that, like I said, they're both gigantic, in what realm can almost be compared to Andre? I don't, I, like, I don't understand that. That makes no sense. So, I don't know. Okay. But, Monday, but, but I, I have to mention just one more thing, and, it, and we'll move on here. Yep. Uh, because God knows I can't handle much more Monday Night Raw. <laughs> um, but we, we talked last week about the fact that Edge came back, and his next feud is with The Miz. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how much I hated the idea of that. Well, unfortunately, it continued down that road on uh, the latest Raw. And I, I cannot begin to describe my level of hatred for this. Okay, because... Edge appeared on um, Miz TV, which is the worst talk show in the history of professional wrestling. Not worse than Moist TV. <laughs> well, well I but, stand, but still bad. I, I, st- I stand corrected. Moist TV was terrible. Um, side Sidebar, I hate that word. But, you know, it's just this whole thing is not making Edge look good here. Because, you know, to me, Edge is coming off like, almost as like a fatherly figure. Like, you know, don't take don't take my kindness for weakness and you know, uh, it, it was in this arena that you know, Edge and Miz apparently has some history because he he told him years ago that he does have it. You know, I just, you know, I don't understand any of this. And maybe I'm a little biased against the, against the Miz because I just don't understand it with him other than the fact that, you know, he can tell a good promo, but in, in the ring... I just, I, I find him to be the equivalent of watching paint dry. I, okay. I don't, I don't find him entertaining in the least in the ring. Um, and this is who you have for Edge, really. And, and 
I'll, I'll take it one step further. Even if you know, our listeners are listening to this and somebody says, well, I like The Miz and The Miz is underrated and, you know, he main invented WrestleMania with John Cena. I get all that. And, and even though I disagree with you, the, those points are well made because they're true. I, I, I would counter that by saying that nothing that The Miz does comes off as serious or uh, compelling to me because of the fact that outside of those limited runs where he was presented as one of the top guys, um, he, he hasn't been presented as a top guy ever. Like, so you expect me to believe that you know, he's go- he is going to be a, a suitable opponent for Edge. Well, and you're going to counter me by saying, well, he's a, you know, he's the first grand, two-time Grand Slam champion and all this other stuff. True. You know, but if you wanted me to take The Miz seriously... Uh, in, in this endeavor with um, with Edge, get him the fuck away from dancing with the motherfucking stars. No, terrible. You know, no. and, and 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 that's the thing, right? So, so the Miz has had such hot and cold booking in WWE because it's like he has these moments where. He's really fucking good, you know. Um, you know, he, he he's had good runs with, you know, R-Truth. He, he had a good run with, with John Cena and led him to, you know, WrestleMania. Um, and, and I don't mean to hate on The Miz as a, as a person, but it's just... Is this really the best that you have for Edge? Because if it is, allow me to point you in a different direction because I'm not buying this at all. I really, I really don't care one tiny little bit. I just don't. Okay. Oh, hold on. Alright, so we did things a little differently because usually we do the pay-per-view, then Raw, and then the other shows, but it makes more sense with uh, doing Raw first, then War Games, and then NXT itself. So, Ben, what do you say we don't move on to War Games? Yes, and thank you for pausing um, me uh, at the end of my rant with The Miz because it allowed me to take a breath and get off of my soapbox. So I appreciate that. Let's move on to the fun stuff. Um, Well, um, several fun elements of... uh, Actually, before we do, do, I don't know. I was thinking we should start doing this like when we look at the pay-per-views 
we should give each match a grade and then we give it an overall. Oh yeah, I I agree, but uh, but to start, I have to give myself a zero for that because I just made a mistake. I just called it NXT Takeover. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's NXT War Games. I was living in the, in the past. I was having a moment. I'm I'm Team NXT Black and Gold, not NXT 2.0. I apologize. Yes, Elio once again had to pause because he's allergic to bullshit. Are you self-contained now? Yes, I, I am much better. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> okay. Good, great, grand, wonderful. Because there's a lot... There's that, about that, to be a lot of yelling on that this was sh That was shocking when you said you wrote down NSD TakeOver Blasphemy. Uh, well, guilty as charged. I, I deeply apologize for my, uh, for my behavior. Alright, so um, there were five matches on this card. And we start with the women's war game. So then we have Toxic Attraction with the Kunikai taking on uh, Cora Jade, Raquel Gonzalez, Kaylee Ray, and Io Shirai. Ben, which thing of this match? Um, there were aspects of it that I liked, and there were aspects of it that. No, no, no. A lot of messy spots in this match. Yeah, well, well, and uh, to your point, um, Cora Jade damn near killed herself. Oh, did you see that dive off the cage? Oh my and god! I, I thought they focused too much on like her arm, though, because it took away from the match. Well, I, well, do you think that was a purposeful storyline? Uh, you know, uh, thing that they were trying to do. Um. Do you think they were trying to focus on her? Uh, you know, they have been uh, pushing her. I mean, she she beat she beat Mandy Rose on an, a previous episode of NXT. She's like yeah. she's, she's she's been like on a winning. She's been, she's been building a win streak. And because I asked that question, because not only were they really pushing her with the elbow angle. But they also mentioned numerous times that she was the youngest competitor in the history of war games at only 20 years old. So, um, aside from making me feel like a very old man, um, Cora Jade really did accomplish something uh, last night. Not only did she have, or not last night, I'm sorry, um, Sunday. Sunday, but not only that, she also scored the winning pin um, for uh, for her team. So that was um, that was something. But but um, several before we get into the actual uh, match in more detail, um, can I just point out um, several small things that I found kind of strange mm -hmm. 
Now, first of all, I thought with toxic attraction being a, a, a major part of a team, actually consisting of three-fourths of one team, uh, that perhaps the focus would be on them and, and or perhaps they would go along the same route as they did with the men with the men's and go with the old school versus new school concept um or kind of like a uh you know nxt original kind of thing um apparently not uh i have to ask why was Cora Jade on a team with Io Shirai, Kaylee Ray, and Raquel Gonzalez? Um, because in that regard, her placement seemed awfully uh, random. I, I I know you said um, I know you said that they've been pushing her uh, recently, which became obvious based on what I was watching. Yeah. Um, but um, her involvement with this, considering the other names on her team, just seemed kind of odd. So that, that was one thing. And then um, in terms of the, the setup of, of some of the stuff, the placement of the cages uh, in the crowd were very odd. Yeah, that was a bit of an odd setup because when they when you get the aerial view, did it was it me or did it look like a like a really odd shape the way they were set up? Um, well, yeah, and yes, to your point, I noticed that immediately. Um, and then once it actually became. Uh, you know, the, the War Games match became official when, when everybody was in there. It almost seemed like once we got to that point, it was like an afterthought. Like the finish became, okay, we got to rush to the finish. And they spent too much time on the on the buildup. That, you know, and the, the, the finish came off as being lame in comparison to the rest of the match. I was. I really thought Toxic Attraction was going to win. I did too, based on the fact that they were pushing the new school. I thought that was the whole point of the of the of the pay per view. Mm -hmm. um, you know, being that this was the first uh, you know pay per view under the NXT 2.0 banner. Uh, but now that we've we've um, we've talked about some general um, points. Let me get uh, into the nitty-gritty of the actual match. So, um, the, ma the match starts out with uh, Dakota Kai and Kaylee Ray. And then, for, thi for this match, um, um, uh, members of the team came in at five-minute intervals. Uh, keep that in mind based on something that I'm going to mention later on. So, with this match, it was five-minute intervals... And uh, Cora Jade came out third. Well, uh, uh, isn't, isn't this weird that they, they came out through the crowd? 
Yes, yeah, that's what, and that's what I'm saying because based on where the cages were, they why had they to, to, I don't know why they would do that. No, that was very weird because if you'll if you'll um, remember, I believe all of the previous war games, um, they were at the top of the stage. Yes, and keep in mind, folks, that NXT revamped the war games concept. In 2017, um, and and they did not have William Regal come out and say "War Games." Oh, I missed that. What? What the hell? This is just. Uh, We're not going to do this. We're going to send this in War Games. Uh, yes. Well, that was a piss poor. Uh, I know that was weak impersonation, but. <laughs> Holy shit! I'm, how, how sorry, I, how, I'm sorry, Mr. Regal. How do I mute you? <laughs> uh, I'll mute <me> myself. <laughs> but um, but so yeah, that um, that was a very odd element. And then um, Gigi Dolan came out after uh, after Cora Jade. Cora Jade. Um, and then, uh, and then JC Jade came out, and then, um, the, the last person was, um, was, um, uh, Mandy Rose. Okay, so, so then jumping into, uh, jumping into some, uh, cool spots, uh, in the match, EO hits a series of double knees in opposite corners. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned before, Jade hit the scariest looking somersault I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, that was just that was just I thought we were gonna witness a death. Somehow she landed through the table. God bless her. I'm not, I, I'm wondering if she actually did hurt her shoulder because they, as we mentioned, they turned that into a major part of the storyline. You know, Io Shirai apparently uh, popped her shoulder back into place. How that was, um, was that was what was happening there? Okay, I was trying to figure out what was going on there. Uh, yeah, and then uh, as I mentioned, they um, I was wondering if this was a, this was an angle to really push Cora Jade because they were doing it um, continuously. Mm-hmm. Um. And then later on, uh, Gonzalez entered uh, grabbing uh, trash cans. They made a theme out of each person that came out and entered the match. They would grab weapons from under the ring, yeah. you know, to bring into the cage. That actually started, well, Kaylee Ray bought her own baseball bat. That was part of her entrance, but everybody else, um, you know, got weapons from under the ring. Dakota Kai, seeing Kaylee Ray, she she grabbed a, a bundle of kendo sticks. Um, Wade Barrett actually kind of made himself look stupid because um, he was like, I think that's 12 kendo sticks. And then if you actually counted them, there were five. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um... So it's just small details like that that just, you know, you kind of make yourself look stiff. You're, you're overselling things. And then, um, getting back into action, uh, 
Raquel sets off a fire extinguisher when it's her turn to get into the ring because she's being blocked yep. from getting into the cage. Cool, but campy, but okay. It's war games, we understand. Um, and, and then I guess... I guess it's revenge for this, um, for getting locked out of the cage and Dakota Kai participating and keeping her out of the cage. Raquel gets Dakota in a trash can and starts swinging her around like it's dosey do <laughs> yeah. A Cesaro, a Cesaro-approved swing. Exactly. Um... So, uh, then Raquel double power bomb, uh, hits a double power bomb on, uh, JC Jade and Kaylee Ray into the trash cans. Shirai follows that Hold on, hold on, wait, wait, hold on. You see Raquel hit a double power bomb? I believe so, yeah. On Kaylee Ray, why would she hit it on her own teammate? Well, I, well, I was, um... I, I was wondering that, but I, I think um, I think she must have been collateral damage or something because that's what I have in my notes. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Um, unless it was Gigi Dolan that she took yeah, out. It, it might have been because they both have red hair. <laughs> but um, okay, well, I guess that makes more sense. Um, Shirai then hits a moonsault on Jay, which was on, who was also in a trash can. They made a very big deal out of trash cans. I know, right? How many trash cans did they did that? They, um, they they were like three or four thrown in there, not this, just in this match, but in the, in the other matches as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, you know, if you want to use trash cans so much, perhaps Vince and Bruce should have used a trash can when coming up with the concept of NXT 2.0. But that's nothing against the competitors in this pay-per-view, because like I said, there were certain aspects in all fairness that were very, very good. Um, And then... um, here, here, here comes Rose. Uh, pretty shortly after the, um, after the last trash can spot. So War Games is officially underway. We've had all kinds of weapons and bullshittery and blah blah blah. But, but apparently now, after all of that, War Games is officially underway. And pretty, pretty soon after that, the entire match was over. Because it just became a barrage of each person hitting moves and, you know, whatever. And, and it was a very lean finish for me. But uh, Cora Jade got the, got the pin on, um, on, JC, on JCJ um, after uh, Raquel hit a, a Chincana bomb. So she kind of picked up the, the scraps and, and it got the victory. Um, so, you know, was it a fun match? Yes. Was it War Games worthy? I don't think so. I, 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 I've, I've seen the women produce uh, War Games matches that were much, much better. And what did she give this one? Um, I would give this... Um, a, a three out of five stars. Uh, letter grade, um, I would give it a C plus. Okay, I too give it a three, which I have it as a B minus. 
Okay, well, you know, we there are different measuring systems grade-wise between the U.S. and Canada, so I, I understand. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we're on the same page there, but, you know, the, the grading metrics are a little bit different. So just so the, the listeners know that. All right, and uh, so is that match done? Uh, yes, sir. All right, so next we had, I believe it was the Tag Team Championships. Uh, yeah, and um, I, I have to tell you, uh, before we get into the match, mm-hmm. I thought the construction of the tag team of Kyle O'Reilly and um, Von Wagner, formerly known as Von Hammer, thank God they changed oh, that name. Wait, 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 what are you talking about? Are you serious? Is that what they call them, Von Hammer? Yeah. No, no, no. Stop. What are you thinking? Stop. Um, yes, you can believe it. Um, but small miracles do, do take place, ladies and gentlemen. Um, what do you think of this team, though? Von Wagner or Kyle O'Reilly? I thought it, I thought it sucked. So, so yeah, I'm, right. uh, <laughs> thank you. So I'm very glad that, that Von Wagner decided to turn our Kyle O'Reilly after this match, and then mm-hmm. you know, in a failed attempt, by the way, because Kyle Kylie or Kyle O'Reilly, I almost said Kylie. What the fuck? Um, got the upper hand, and we, we were uh, taken care of on that end. Um. But um, but here here's the thing. So getting past the the half hour construction of this tag team, which I went back and researched it because um, I confess I have not watched 2.0 outside of War Games and the very first episode. Okay. I'm I'm a diehard uh, black and gold. I just have a, a problem uh, philosophically with NXT, NXT 2.0. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I would really enjoy the opportunity to confront Nick Khan and Vince McMahon over this whole decision. Um, but, um, but after I got over the weird ass construction of the tag team, I must say, uh, that this tag team match was very, very, very good. So in all fairness, this is your proof that I am not going to bash this just for the sake of bashing 2.0. Uh, when, when I see something that is very, very good, I'm willing to give credit regardless. I so, think I think uh, Fabian Eichner should do more promos. I can be his translator. Because uh, he can cut his promos in his head and I'll translate for him. Absolutely. And... Um, and then after this match, uh, we had uh, Cameron Grimes versus Duke Hudson in a hair versus oh, hair. Hold on, hold on. No. Would you rate that one? Oh, I'll give, I'll give that one an A for sure. Okay. The, the tag team match I thought was very, very good. Okay. What would you grade it? I went with a, with a B, but I, I, I enjoyed the... And I like him. I've been a fan of theirs from NXT, NXT UK, 
but the one wagon on Kyle O'Reilly, uh, no. No, I, I 100% agree. Um, and then um, after this, we had uh, um, Cameron Grimes versus Duke Hudson. Now, once again, I'm going to have to lay the disclaimer. I'm not familiar with how this match came to be, but I couldn't I can, I, can, I can fill that in for you. Yeah. Go ahead. So... Cameron Grimes, of course, he had the millionaire uh, character going, right? Yeah. Duke Hudson has Duke's poker room. So, of course, uh, they started a program where um, Cameron Grimes was a millionaire. millionaire. He was showing up in Duke's poker room, and um, he would win, and Duke would, like, would get upset, right? Because, you know, this guy's coming in beating him at his own game. Right. So, finally, um... They had a match. Then, uh, finally, they had, they didn't have a match. They, they, he issued a challenge to Cameron Grimes, a poker showdown on NXT. They set up a poker table right in the, in the middle of the ring. So we had live poker on NXT. Oh, God. And, of course, well, Cameron, I, I, No bullshit. I, I think the last time we had poker on... Um, on uh, WWE TV of any kind, featured Extreme Expose. Yep. <laughs> no. I, I I think that was the last time. No. Um. So of course Cameron Grimes uh, wins the poker game. Duke Cousin gets upset. He attacks him, and he cuts a bit of Cameron Grimes' hair. That's why his hair was shorter. And so. Then, um, last week, Cameron Grimes comes out and challenges Duke Hudson to a hair versus hair match at War Games. And that is how this um, match came about. Okay. Well, thank you for filling me in on that one, Professor. Um, I thoroughly appreciate it. That being said, I still didn't give two shits about this match and no. on top on top of that I would argue that it could have safely been taken out of war games and not hurt the show. And if if okay, say I beat you in a hair versus hair match. Right. I then I, I get to shave your head, which completely shave your head, right? Yeah. You know Sting didn't even do that. He he did two he Use the shaver twice, and that's it. You need well, to exactly, and I did notice that. So the whole, the whole entire um, um, stipulation was executed poorly. And on top of that, tonight on um, NXT. on NXT, he came out. Duke Hudson came out looking like Kurt Angle. After Edge cut his hair off. I thought it was just me because when I saw him, I'm like, wait, why does he look like Kurt Angle? <laughs> and, and ladies and gentlemen, just so, you, just so you understand this, Elio and I did not discuss this prior to coming on the air, so, nope. so this is completely sympathetic in terms of our observations here. Yep. He thinks the same way I think and vice versa. So, this match, I gave this a C plus. I just didn't care for it. Oh, I think that's very kind. I, I, I would have given it a D plus. Okay. Largely because the, the concept just doesn't appeal to me. Um, and that, 
Next match we had was Roderick Strong defending the Cruiserweight Championship against Joe Gacy. Now, Ben, is this your first time seeing Joe Gacy, or have you seen him? I ha- I have seen him because um, because he he has been uh, he, well I don't know um, I think he's been featured quite heavily in MCW if I'm not mistaken which oh, is really? um, oh okay. he's in another promotion as well well he was pri- prior oh, okay. to, pr- prior to uh, getting called up to uh, okay. NXT but um. I could be wrong on it, but I feel like I've I've heard his name several times, and so I I I have been familiar with Joe Gacy. Yes, but can somebody offer me some help here? Because I understand that um, Roger Strong lifted the uh, the weight restriction, yep. which would have disqualified Joe Gacy from uh, competing for the. Uh, Cruiserweight Championship because I don't know if you could tell this, Elio. I don't know if you have uh, vision problems or something. Uh, well, I know you have glasses, but I'm not being a smartass. Um, no, my left eye is my weak eye. But I um, clearly I can't be the only person who can see that Joe Gacy is not a cruiserweight. No, he's not a um, cruiserweight. So, so the idea that even though they explained it away, the idea that the cruiserweight championship is being contested. I have I have Joe Gacy's info in front of me. The man yeah. is billed at two forty five. Exactly. So that's <laughs> not a cruiserweight. The cruiserweight. By the way, um, I, I was also looking up. Uh, like I don't see any MCW on on here for him. Well, I, I could be wrong, but I, yeah. I, I follow... I, 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 I do see Combat Zone, though. He was in Combat Zone. Well, m- uh, maybe maybe that's it. I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I follow a lot of indie wrestlers, and sometimes I get confused at where they yeah. come from. So uh, maybe that was just an oversight on my part. I do apologize. Um, but, um, but it just... If you're going to have a cruiserweight championship, at, at, at least at least have somebody be a fucking cruiserweight. Um, hey, Ben, now look. Yeah. I, I just looked up where he's from. Yeah. He's from plan, built from Planet Terror. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and, but, but, okay, so... So explain explain this to me. I'm, I'm being quite serious because um, because I'm not familiar with NXT 2.0. Okay. Uh, is Joe Gacy working with a minister's gimmick? Joe Gacy. Okay. Let's say um, you know how everyone gets all offended and everything over everything today. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nice. Like, yeah. So like, and everyone's like exclusive, like trying to separate everything and everyone, right? Yeah. Joe Gacy's trying to bring everyone together. So I guess you could like, he's playing like a cancel culture type thing, fighting against cancel culture. Oh, well, is he fighting against it, or is no, he a Steve, no, or no, is he a Stevie Richards wannabe? No, I think he's a. Uh, He's like a, 
it's like this Stevie Richards one. I mean, like everyone should this should be inclusive. No one should be left out. It should be all include. Everyone should be inclusive. Oh God! This is your safe space. I'll kill. Okay. <laughs> Automatically. Uh, fuck that gimmick. I I, I, I hate that. Uh, this is your safe space. And so, and, and, and so, by extension, you mean to tell me that a badass uh, known as, well, formerly known as Parker Bordeaux, a.k.a. Baby Brock, now known as Harlan, because once again they shortened his name. The original name was Gunnar Harlan, but now it's just Harlan because apparently... Uh, WWE fans are not capable of remembering more than two fucking syllables. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but but anyway, so you mean to tell me that go, that Harland is the Batista to uh, to Joe Gacy's Devon Dudley? <laughs> Well, that's about it. You know, I mean, what the fuck? It, uh, it, you know, okay. And we're we up again tonight. We need to in the NXT segment. Exactly. And I just don't understand. By, by the way, Gunnar Harland is debuting in the ring on uh, NXT next week. Oh my god, I'm afraid. But but no, like like this guy. Looks like a badass. I no no. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I understand why they changed his look because he did look too much like Brock Lesnar. He, I mean, he did. He looked like a more tattooed version of Brock Lesnar and younger, and quite frankly, better looking. But that's neither here nor there. But uh, but apparently he's not as good looking anymore because they shaved him bald and now and now he just looks like a mental face. Who Joe Casey is taking under his wing and trying to save? So I don't know who I don't know what gimmick they're going with uh, Deacon Batista and um, Devon Dudley or Father James Mitchell and Abyss. Somehow those two. Uh, get... yeah, that's why, like before, I may have uh, gotten mixed up with his character because I'm so confused about what he is. Well, uh, well, I think I just summed it up very. Yeah, very I'm, so, I'm saying like I was so confused by uh, what he, his character actually is. Uh, okay, was... so I wasn't the only one then. No. Okay. I, I thought maybe I thought maybe I was being a little too critical because I don't watch NXT 2.0 no, on a regular basis. But okay, I, I I thought okay maybe this guy could be something good, but no, no. Uh, I think he could be, but not with this fucking gimmick. No, um, and on t- on top of that, not only are they setting up uh, Harland poorly with this gimmick, but they're also doing a disservice to Joe Gacy, because I do think Joe Gacy is very talented. Um, based on what I've seen. And then, um, so, so in, in other words, folks, this whole card could have, could have been pulled off with, with three matches. You give me the, the War Games matches 
and the tag team match, and I would have been happy. Okay, now, now I understand the the format of of these shows. They've always been five match shows. I'm not knocking that. I just mean, um, I just mean that the the other two matches just came off as unimportant, and this is supposed to be your feature for the future of NXT, and you have two matches that come off as unimportant slash campy. That doesn't really work. Um, but getting into, uh, the main event, well, we have, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh, yes, I'm so sorry. Um, I'm going to have to give this a C plus. Largely I, I, because, I, I too gave you a C plus. Largely because I just wasn't into it. Yep. Um, and then we have the, uh, men's war games match, which, you remember how I said that the women had five minute intervals between um, between entrance sure. uh, between entrances. Yep. Well, this one had a three minute interval. Wow. Okay. So Gargano and um, Carmelo Hayes start off, followed by Grayson Waller, and then we have a nice. Um, Cat and mouse exchange to start uh, between the two rings, uh, between Gargano and Waller, which led to a slingshot spear by Gargano. That was a nice spot. Now, ben, let me ask you a question. Yeah. We do have this Trick Williams character. The guy That's the guy that was with Carmelo Hayes. Um... I don't understand it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, 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 I really, Thank I, you. Re- I really don't. What is, what is he supposed? What, uh, what is uh, he, is Carmelo Hayes supposed to be a baller of some sort? And you, you, uh, remember, remember how uh, um, Leo Rush was brought in to uh, hype up Bobby Lashley? Yeah, that's what this guy is. is. Carmelo Hayes doesn't need a hype <laughs> Exactly right. Um, but that that's just me. And and once again, uh, Trick Williams was made to look stupid again by Dexter Loomis uh, <laughs> on uh, tonight's edition of NXT. Mm-hmm. So he's he's not going down a very promising career path as Trick Williams. Um, but then after Gargano and Hayes, um, uh, here comes Grayson Waller. Um, he had a very nice showing in this match. We'll get into that in just a minute. Um, like I, like I said, there was a a nice spot between Gargano and, um, and, and, uh, Hayes leading to the slingshot spear. Uh, Gargano was, uh, busted open by, um, a, uh, kick by Waller. Um, he started bleeding pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dunn then bends, this was arguably the coolest part of, part of the match for me. Dunn uses the cage to bend Waller's fingers. That was very, that was very... Good use of the of the digit manipulation gimmick by Pete Dunn. I, I don't think I've ever seen that done in a cage match before. That was that was very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, 
Gargano and Don had stereo submissions at, at one point on um, on Carmelo Hayes and Waller. That was done very nicely. Um, and then uh, we have Tony D'Angelo entering. And this was this was um, I was quite looking forward to seeing this guy because uh, that's one of that's one of the guys that I've heard very positive things about. On NXT, I want to know I want to know what you, you think about of this guy on NXT. We we'll get into it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, oh, I'm, oh, I'm looking forward to that because I think I know where you're going with. It. But uh, you know, way to way to lay a cliffhanger for later on in the show. <laughs> Well, well, well played. Um, so then we have. Uh, let's see, where was I? Tony D'Angelo came in. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yes. And then, so Tony D'Angelo then chains the door shut after Loomis comes out from under the ring and chases off Mr. Trick Trick. I have to say that 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 was kind of stupid of Dan Tony D'Angelo to do because I get it you're trying to keep the other team out but Braun Breaker still hadn't uh, entered the match. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> stole the words right out from right out from my mouth because okay one part of your strategy makes sense. But then Braun Breaker can't get in the ring. <laughs> right. Uh, and he's not going to climb over the top of the cage. What, what, it, it, what, now, keep, keep in mind, it was not, uh, it, it wasn't Braun Breaker uh, climb, that had to climb over the cage. It was L.A. Knight that had to climb into the into the cage to get him. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and then... And then uh, somebody, I think it was Champa, who 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 put a trash can on on Waller. Like we said, uh, trash cans were a running gag on uh, on NXT 2.0. I don't think you want to be drawing the parallel between NXT 2.0 and trash. <laughs> Mr. McMahon and Mr. Uh, Pritchard. Oh, 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 how dare I forget. How dare I. I'm sorry. We, we, um, Mr. Um, um, Mr. Uh, Tony or what? what oh, um, what's his, what's his name? Nick Todd. Nick Todd. Oh, and speaking of Mr. Khan, did you see he had his first... Uh, WWE television appearance. Well, on where, where, where? Sorry. He was seen in the crowd on SmackDown during a Roman Reigns entrance recently. Uh, the, the last Friday SmackDown. I believe so. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna have to go back and watch. Mr. Khan, please stay in the crowd and don't get in. The you do not belong on TV. Get out of here. No, you don't even. You don't even belong in the writers' chair. You know, no disrespect to anybody on NXT 2.0. I think Braun Breaker has a lot of potential. He sounds just like his, just like his uncle. He looks just, he, he looks just like his father. You know, 
on, on NXT tonight, I heard Braun Breaker speak for the first time. My Johnny sounds just like Scott really? Steiner. Is that the first time you heard him speak? Oh, yeah, because yeah. Yeah, you, you haven't seen NXT since, since uh, the revamp. Right. Now, now, Ben, let me ask you a question. Do you know the story of uh, how he got the name Braun Breaker? I'm so glad you asked me that question because apparently news came out just recently that Braun Breaker came up with his own name. I call fucking bullshit on that immediately. That is that is such a steaming pile of horseshit. I I, I just I hate WWE creative. I truly do. Why the fuck couldn't he have been a signer? Because like I just said, he is a signer. He sounds just like Scott Steiner. He he could pass for sounding just like his father. He looks like a signer. He sounds like a Steiner. Okay. He's a fucking Steiner. Let him be a fucking Steiner. Ben, ben I have his uh, info here, okay? Yeah. The man, debu- the man made his debut on October 8th, 2020, okay? Yeah, his ring names are were in the in the order I'm looking at them: Braun Breaker, Bronson Rex Steiner, and Rex Steiner. Oh, Why God. couldn't you have taken one of those two names? That's my that's my question because on commentary on the first episode of NXT 2.0 because I remember this. He was referred to as a dog-faced gremlin. <laughs> so if you're going to do that, why not refer to him to what he is? He's a Steiner. Everybody can see it. The guy has all kinds of potential. You know, WWE loves millennials. They love second-generation superstars. They love legacies. Why the fuck wouldn't you let him be a Steiner? I just, I don't understand it. Anyway, getting back to the men's war games before I go on another rant. Good lord, this this podcast just makes my blood pressure jump. <laughs> anyway, it's not really this podcast, it's WWE Logic. I shouldn't place that kind of blame on you, Elio, I apologize. <laughs> Praying hands in front of your face and all that. I, we 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 apologize, Father Elio. Um, but I, it just it, it, it blows my mind sometimes. It, it truly does. So to finish up, uh, uh, Braun Breaker uh, comes comes in last, or comes in right before uh, Tommaso Ciampa. And War Games is officially underway. I hate it when they say that. The War Games should just be the entire match. Because by the time everybody gets in, we're we're a half hour into this bitch, and then you say War Games begins. It doesn't, you know, but whatever. So uh, Knight sends Waller off the top uh, through a table. Because Grayson Waller was setting up to do a move on... and uh, Knight just comes up really quickly. Like a cat goes. We've seen that stuff before. 
where somebody comes up really quick on the, on the ropes and, and, and puts somebody through a table. That was a nice spot. Um, and then um, shor- shortly thereafter, Waller recovered enough to hit a huge elbow on L.A. Knight from the top of the cage through a, through a table. So if, if you were going to do that spot, why, why would you put, uh, why would you put um, Waller through a table right before that spot took place? That's a little weird. Um, but then uh, Tony D'Angelo had a very cool moment. He hit a uh, swinging neckbreaker off the top um, with a crowbar in Pete Dunn's mouth. So that was cool. He took out the mouthpiece and put and put it in his pocket, and then put the crowbar in Pete Dunn's mouth and hit the net. net sorry, 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 who who did that? Uh, Tony D'Angelo. That was a very yeah. that was that was that was a badass spot. I appre- I appreciated that. It was also <laughs> unsanitary. I mean, digging into the guy's mouth and ripping out his mouth guard. Yeah, you know, we we still have a global pandemic. <laughs> out here, uh, apparently with a new variant. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I'm just saying, if that's true, perhaps we shouldn't be uh, touching another man's mouth guard. Um, because, like I said, we still have a global pandemic. Perhaps that was an oversight, WWE. Anyway, um, so then shortly after that, DIY hits Serio... Uh, head tips on Braun Breaker. Um, they they go for the pin. Uh, Hayes breaks it up. Breaker recovers enough to spear Champa, who was attempting a project Champa at the time, on uh, Carmelo Hayes. Uh, Breaker stops that from happening and spears Champa through the table and follows that up with a power slam. Uh, for for the pin. Now, the only thing that I don't like about Braun Breaker in this match, and and period, is why did, did they give him the uh, the Goldberg uh, signature maneuvers? Because we saw the spear, and we saw the the delayed power slam. Why are they doing that? I don't. I don't understand it. I. I really don't. Um, but that uh, that concludes our review of the main event. The smash uh, for me. I gave the smash an eight. Uh yeah. I. I think that's fair. I. I would. This was definitely um, a highlight of the night for me. Overall, the, the whole, um, the overall, overall, the whole show I gave a B minus because they were good and bad. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think that that's a very fair um, output. It was. It was definitely. Um, it was definitely better than I was anticipating. I just sometimes I wish WWE would shave the fat, um, because for for a lot of things. Um, I think they go uh, volume over um, or quantity over quality, so to speak, and I don't think they need to do that. Um, but but 
playing devil's advocate, I understand that they have to fill airtime. It's just sometimes some of these matches don't belong on pay-per-views. And, you know, speaking of old school, since it was old school versus new school, uh, allow me to drop some old school psychology on you. But I think um, I think WWE should should run their shows and only put matches on there that deserve to be on there, you know? Because I'll use WrestleMania as an example now that it's a two-night thing um, starting again next year. Um, you know, it used to be a mark of an accomplishment to be included on on a WrestleMania card or an old NXT TakeOver card. Now it's just everybody gets on my card because it's the biggest show, right? I disagree with that. Um, and you can tell that I disagree with that, Elio, by my effusive use of my hands. I look like an Italian. Um, aren't you proud? What are you talking about? Uh, to- Tony D'Angelo and you can, can judge my use of hand. No, I mean, we both use our hands when we talk, you know. <laughs> Good Lord, you sound like the godfather in this bitch. Um, but, uh, but oh, you know, overall, I, I have to be fair. Um, this this was a much better show than I had given it hope for. So let me ask you, are you looking forward to New Year's Evil? I don't. I don't know what's on that card yet. I'm not, I, I don't think it's been built. But the last time they did one, I was a, I was a big fan of that show. So, um, you know, after their handling of war games, I am willing to give 2.0 another shot on pay per view. Now that being said, um. This is a smooth uh, transition into our review of NXT TV, uh, which I just finished watching prior to coming on the air, which is pretty much the reason why we did this show um, at 10 o'clock rather than coming on on our usual uh, 8 o'clock spot. I was not a fan of NXT TV uh, this year. The, the whole show? I, I liked uh, Tony D'Angelo's uh, backstage bit. PD Poppin, um, Poppins? <laughs> yeah, that was kind of funny. Um, but I, I just, I, I'm not a fan of what they're doing. Um, philosophically with NXT 2.0 and I feel like I was proven right by what I saw. Uh, um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. For to, um, the only, so far, the only one I really have for tonight is the opening match, the steel cage. It was my high point. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. The rest of, uh, the rest of it was uh, completely missable in my opinion. I mean, the Creed Brothers versus Josh Briggs and Brock Jensen, I'm not a fan of either team. I, I don't like the Diamond Mine at all. Yeah, I, well, the, 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 diamond, the, the Diamond Mine, to, to me, um, is just like a Undisputed Era knockoff. 
Carmelo Hayes uh, versus Dexter Loomis. I don't think, don't care. And, okay, I have a question. Yeah. Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell are married, right? Yeah. So let me ask you, when did uh, Indy Hartwell become Johnny Gargano's daughter? Because, and he's been referring to Dexter Loomis as his son-in-law. Well, see, that's another creative oversight. <laughs> what is going on? Because I was thinking the exact same thing. Since when did Eddie Hartwell become Johnny Gargano's daughter? What? Your guess is as good as mine, but uh, biolo- biology uh, plays tricks on uh, Gargano. And speaking of uh, biology and uh, Johnny Gargano... It was announced that uh, Johnny is leaving NXT to become a father. Uh, so, in all seriousness, uh, all jokes aside, we've been having a lot of fun tonight. Mm-hmm. But uh, congratulations goes out to uh, Johnny Gargano and and Candice LeRae. That is awesome, and uh, best of luck to you. Um, that is one hell of a good reason to be leaving. Yep. Uh, to be leaving on top of the mountain at your place of employment. So congratulations. And Johnny, you came out at the top of your game. And I, I really did appreciate your, um, your entrance at, uh, at, um, NXT war games being a mile to the past. You know, you came out to rebel heart, which, which did my heart a lot of good, pardon the pun, and uh, your attire being, um, your ring attire being a, a shout-out to uh, past takeover attires, I really appreciate it. I am partial to the Iron Man attire. Um, I thought that that was cool as hell, um, so I appreciate it, and I do hope that... I do hope if you come back to to WWE, it is under the NXT banner because I don't want to see you on the main roster. Um, If if at some point we see you in AEW or wherever you decide to go, I am looking forward to seeing you back on my TV screen. But uh, best of luck to you um, in your uh, next chapter here. And that was really cool. Now, Speaking uh, speaking about what we saw on the TV, um, Grayson Waller came out and attacked uh, um, Johnny Gargano as he was making this announcement. Um, and um, from a wrestling booking perspective, I completely understand it because the rule is if you're on your way out, you give the bump to the next guy. So in that regard, that was cool. Um, but but me being a, John, a Johnny Gargano guy as much as I am, I would have preferred that we go off the air with uh, with Johnny Gargano run, riding off into the sunset. There's something that bothered me, though, about this. What's that? It's because the way they made it sound was, okay, like you just said, he's leaving to become a father. But the way they made it sound like, you're like, oh, this is his final speech. He's, like, leaving for good. Well, the, well, and that's what everybody thought it was. 
That's what I thought the announcement was going to be. Yeah, because uh, they already they already said like uh, WWE is throwing all all the all kinds of money at him to stay. They want him to stay. Well, but that's that. In all fairness, that's a very good business decision by WWE if they're trying to throw money at Johnny Gargano. Um, you know that's one of those guys you would want to throw money at, um, especially since you've. Release so much talent as of late. No, Kyle O'Reilly, I, 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 I don't care. Like, if he were gone tomorrow, it wouldn't matter. If he shows up on AEW, good, or wherever he decides to go. Because I've never really been a fan. Well, I, and I have. So we do have we do have some disagreement uh, tonight on the podcast. I do like Bobby Fish. I, I I like Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. I I do because I because I I remember watching Kyle O'Reilly on ROH and I always thought he was awesome. Um. So, uh, but it's it's good to have some some disagreement on the podcast because usually we're very uh, we're very similar in the way we think about pro maybe, about maybe, maybe maybe it's the, this Kyle O'Reilly because I've never seen him in ROH because I wasn't watching when he was there. Yeah, I mean he um he is extremely extremely good. Um, so I will uh, I do think if they've lost Kyle O'Reilly that that is a loss um, for WWE. Um, but I but in all fairness, you know they're they're trying to that's like the the catchphrase on you know tonight's podcast. I don't intend it to be, um, but I feel like. In a lot of ways, we're eulogizing NXT, and you know this was like the final send off for O'Reilly and Gargano and all this other stuff. Um, you know, so I I, I do hope that um, that I came across as fair in my review of uh, War Games because I really tried to try to be, um, but but. I have to be very honest with you. I, I am very sad uh, in the fact that I feel like we are eulogizing NXT. No, there's uh, no more uh, good NXT. Every week there's something. I, I go into NXT always looking for like something, one good thing to make it not suck. And it's hard to do that in some weeks because it's just bad. Yeah, because based on what I saw on TV tonight... There's not a lot to grasp onto outside of uh, Braun Breaker. Let me ask you a question. Um, well, uh, I think a Diamond Mine ruined that segment because that was good. I wasn't, I didn't hate that <clears throat> the segment with Braun Breaker. I just hated that Diamond Mine ruined it by coming out. Exactly. And uh, I, is it is this just me or is like Bivens like the weirdest? Talking piece for he, Diamond. He, he is so weird. I there's something about him. I just I don't know. He just. He reminds you. He reminds me of a Teddy Long type character. Only Teddy Long is better. Exactly. That that's a very good comparison. But uh, yeah, otherwise, uh, I'm not, Malcolm Bivens is just an odd character. And the Creed Brothers, 
Hachi man, I'm not sure where that where he came from. Like if he's from like one of the Japan promotions or what. Yeah. So okay now okay now you know I like Toxic Attraction. Well, and I do too because they are yummy. But but come on, that match tonight against Yulisa Leon and uh, Valentina Feroz. No, that. That was a complete throwaway. Like, uh, the other two is uh, the reason I gave it a little point. And I don't think a toxic attraction could have saved that match. Oh, absolutely not. No, no. That that was a complete bathroom break match. As a matter of fact, I do do think I used it as an opportunity to go to the bathroom. Alright, so that is our review of NXT 2.0, which I will continue watching because I have to. Otherwise, I know, Ben, you don't usually watch it every week. Well, and, 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 and seriously, I'm, I'm asking you a question. Can you blame me based on what no. I saw tonight? No. I mean, if it's between this and NXT Black and Gold... I'm screaming at Vince. Bring it back, bitch. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, now I'm going to steal a catchphrase from you, but oh. it's like, now look, what's the end goal here that the original NXT wasn't accomplishing? Because, yeah, well, well, because what, what was wrong with NXT? Nothing. Nothing <laughs> was wrong with it. Other but than the that's fact, what I'm saying. What was wrong with it? It was fine the way it was. Well, uh, well, I'll tell you what was wrong with it in Vince's mind. One, he didn't create it, and it, two, it, it was usurping and had completely overtaken what Vince had created in Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown. That's why they killed it. If I'm Triple H, I'm mad. Right oh, I, I'm I, furious. I, I'm I'm so pissed off. I'm borderline suicidal. Like man, Triple H, all that work that he put into it, and then they just do this. Oh, God! Talking talk about a punch to the gonads. I, I mean, really? Because I don't know what they're trying to accomplish. No, neither do I. I mean, and now apparently they want to be TV-14. Oh, Christ. That's why we have characters like uh, Tony D'Angelo, um, Joe Gacy. Oh, God. It's... Oh, boy. So I'm going to continue watching. I know my co-host doesn't uh, watch it. I'm going to have to. So I will... um, I will you will, you will continue fighting the good fight and flying the flag. Yes. So you can find us on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Anchor, wherever you can find your podcast. That's where we will be. Oh, and by the way, speaking of that, since we're plugging things, I'm looking at the numbers right now. We are we are up to four thousand one hundred and sixty four. And by the way, um, on Spotify, you know how they have like the podcasts are popular with listeners of a certain show. Yeah. 
popular with, and the, there's usually a top ten, like ten podcasts. Right. And we are like the first one listed as the podcast popular with listeners of Wrestling POV. That is amazing. Thank you so much to the to the listeners. We really appreciate that. So, like, uh, we were down to number two, and then I was looking at it again earlier, and it's back up to number one. I'm like, wow. Well, who did we who did we usurp? Um, you know what? I have that right here. Who overtook us, and who did we take the title back from? Uh, let, uh, let me pull up the, the Spotify account right here, and um, it's on the main page, so... Bear with me as I scroll down and take a look. Okay, we are we are we are the first one on the list. In second, we have EWP, the Essential Wrestling Podcast. Well, all due respect to a fellow podcaster, but. <laughs> 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 you suck. We don't. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We're, we're having fun. It's all good natured competition, but we are number one. <laughs> we are. We are number one with the listeners of Wrestling POV, which is the other show I am on. And you can find that on Spotify, Podbean, YouTube, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Oh, absolutely. Tune into that. Now, Ben, have you listened to the shows? I'm starting to, yes. Which one did you hear? Oh, it it was a couple weeks ago, so I don't recall. Okay. Was it one of the ones I was on? Yes. Oh, cool. Right on. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out why they call you the gentleman. Why is... I will tell you that story. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I'll close out this show with that story. Absolutely. Go ahead. Alright, so... In 2018... September 2018... I started the, I started this podcast. Uh, the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Which uh, I started with uh, Ben. Right. In November... It was the end of November. I was down in Florida. And I was at my cousin's house. I was sitting at the sink. At the, the counter. And I had my iPad. I was watching NXT UK. And I was looking through Facebook. And I noticed that someone uh, that they were asking for feedback on Wrestling POV Global. Which was their sister show that they started on Halloween of 2018. Right. So I listened to the episodes. I binge listened to every episode um, that they had. And I gave my feedback. And then I got a message back from one of the uh, co-hosts of Wrestling POV. And he uh, he had said that the, pre- that the previous co-host of Global just up and quit for no reason and asked if I wanted to be the new co-host right so I told him uh, I'll uh, let him know like what I'm gonna do that I'll let him know um, when I get 
back home, which was a few days afterwards. Right. And asked him for, like, all the details when this show recorded and such. So he put me in contact with the host of the show. And we recorded on Tuesday nights. Cool. So since I was was a new guy, so to speak, on the show, right? Like, the host would always, like, uh... Like, mess with me and stuff, right? And I would just, like, sit there and be, like, all polite and stuff. Yeah. So, I believe it was episode 7 or 8, when he introduced me, he's like... So, he said his name, I'm the legend, and I'm here with my co-host, who I now refer to as the gentleman. Because no matter how much I abuse him, he just... He just is a... And and it's still polite. <laughs> so. Well, well played, <laughs> Mister. Italian courtesy at its finest. <laughs> so that's how the that's how I got the name that name, the gentleman. Very good. It's because apparently, like I'm like the polite one. Like, like he couldn't he couldn't mess with me like so bad, and I'd still be like all calm. Well, you're not so calm on this show, are you? <laughs> on this show, I'm a mad scientist. Different shows and different strokes for different folks. <laughs> I, I think I just aged myself, didn't I? With that show reference. Different strokes? Exactly. See? I love you because you understand my sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> and, and with that, folks, which by the way, I should, I should throw, I should watch again. I miss that show. I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh, and, and speaking of old shows, I'm getting back into. Did you ever watch Frasier? Not really. I never really got into Frasier when it was on. Yeah, basically, mainly because I think when I when there's a show on, I want to watch it from like, I guess like. The beginning, because I feel lost if I go in there like mid season of whatever season right. they're in. So I wanna if I wanna if I wanna watch it, I wanna sit down and watch it from like the first season so I can learn who the characters are and such. Well, because because Frasier was on Netflix and it's now on uh, Peacock, and oh. I just I just made that discovery and. Mom and I used to watch it all the time, so the fact that I just discovered it's back on on uh, Peacock after so many years, I was so happy. And on so, Netflix, I found uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah, and that's also on Peacock. And, um, you know, Everybody Loves Raymond is such a good show, but I never watched it while it was on. Yeah, same. But, but it's like now, it's like the humor on that show has not aged well uh, considering where we are as a, yeah. as a society it's kind of like what we were talking about with Joe Gacy's gimmick yep it's like it's like Joe Gacy now doesn't age well compared to like Devon Dudley so it's like everybody loves Raymond hasn't aged well compared to where like TV is now so yeah um what because okay, I I told you I love Seinfeld. Watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. That show. Oh, some of the things that uh, Larry David says, you cannot get away with. 
Oh God! Yeah, so, so. Just, just give it a watch. Like one or two episodes, I you're gonna be like, oh, did he just say that? <laughs> Every time he comes up with something, I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I, I I'd be interested in that. So if I watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, you gotta watch Frasier. No, that's fair. I'll, I'll do that. Okay, you heard it here, folks. We've made an agreement. Virtual handshake. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for playing along. Oh, by the way, wait, wait sorry. Wait, what day is it? It is December seventh, right? Yes. Bit of history. December 7th, 1997, WWF In Your House Degeneration X was on paper. Had, Degeneration X had their very first In Your House pay per view. Title Degeneration X. That's awesome. Yeah, every time I think about DX and Christmas, I think of like. I think of them like uh, just shooting the moon at Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, complete with mistletoe. <laughs> I'm like, thanks for that visual, Sean. Go back to Playgirl and away from my screen. Uh, All right. Well, with that, with that being said, we bid you adieu, adieu. And Elio, for God's sakes, you're the producer of this show. You're the gentleman. You're supposed to be on top of this production element bullshit. Our outro, goddammit. Alright, let's fans, we will talk to y'all on Saturday. Colossal we come these renegades.